the Word of God, and the first week was Jesus was the Word. Uh, last week, uh, Pastor Paul led that one, and all of a sudden, I'm blanking out what it was. I forget. That's not very good. Um, this week, we're going to continue in the sermon series, and, and what we, oh, Jesus gives, the Word gives life was last week. How can I forget? The Word gives life. And this week, we're going to be looking at how the Word is useful. And one of the things that I started with two weeks ago, I asked you guys a question two weeks ago, and it was this. Um, if you guys were, were walking down the street, and you found a bag with, of money in it, and it had a zipper on it, but it said Wells Fargo on the side of it, but you found this bag of money, I asked you, would you keep it, or would you return to Wells Fargo? And... and we kind of went through that a little bit. But today I'm going to ask you another question, because what if you, you're, you come upon a situation like that and you need some wisdom? Who, who do you go to, to to get answers for your tough questions that you might be facing in life? Like, like when you're a youth or you're younger and, and, and you're talking to your friends about, about having a, a physical relationship with another person, I, I wonder who our kids talk to. You know, it'd be nice to say, oh, you know what, they go to mom and dad. I just don't know if that's the case. It'd be nice if we sat there and thought, man, they come to Pastor Brand, they come to Matt, you know, they come to Pastor Paul, and they talk to us about uh, their physical struggles. And I'm going to tell you right now, that's probably not happening like that, you know. Um, or let me give you another one. If, 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 if you're a parent and you're, you're, or you're married or whatever, and you're searching for, for marital advice, who do you seek out? Do you seek out the friend who always thinks you're perfect? Or do you go to somebody who's actually going to maybe like work, help you work on both sides of, your, of, of the relationship, right? Because a lot of times, we, the first person I think we usually go to is the person who's going to support us and encourage us in, in our actions. And but, but let me give you one more. Let me, actually, I'm going to give you a few more, more than one more. It's almost like if you were to go to a marriage counselor, but before you went to the marriage counselor, imagine if you didn't ask them a few questions like, like, well, what do you think about divorce? What do you think about monogamy? What do you think about God's word? Because if you don't ask any of those questions, and, 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 and they think, and their response is set around, centered around, do what makes you happy. Do we hear that message? Do what makes, you, what, what, what makes you feel the best about yourself? Because if we don't ask those questions, we're going to get answers like that. And, and then basically, that is, the, that is the same thing as when your, your dog gets sick, taking your dog to the mechanic to get it fixed. Okay? You're going to get the same result when you do that. It won't be helpful. For another reason, it's the same thing when we baptize babies. When we, when we baptize a baby, we usually have godparents come up here with them, and we ask a bunch of questions to the parents, and then we also ask questions to the godparents. And we say to the godparents, will you pray for the child? Will you encourage the parents to go to church? Will you encourage the parents to, to, to raise them in the word? And the person says, yes, yes, and yes. And why do we do that? Because we know that, that, that God's word is our main source for wisdom and counsel and guidance for life. And what we're about to see in this scripture verse, the two verses we're about to read this morning, is that God says all scripture comes from him and is useful. So I want us to look at that this morning, but before we do, let's pray, and then we're going to open up to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. Let's pray. Uh, dear Lord Jesus, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your word to us. 
May your word speak to our hearts, our minds, and our souls. May your Holy Spirit have its way in each one of us this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, we're going to read to you from 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. Okay? So you can open up your, your pew Bibles in front of you if you want. What did I say? Trust me. It should be three. That's my mistake. I, I punched it in. So that means I did it too quickly. So we won't need that this morning. My bad. But thank you, Talia, for putting the verses I put in there. So I typed it in, so it's my fault. So, okay, so you guys can just, this is what I say anyways. Each morning I say you can pull out your Bibles and you can listen to it as a, I'll tell you what page it is just so you know. It's on page 996. You can listen to it or you can close your eyes and you can just hear what it says, okay? Here's what it says. All scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Short text this morning, so I'm going to read to you one more time. All scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. The first thing that I want us to see in this text is where all scripture comes from. I want us to see that all scripture is God-breathed. It is from God. Scripture is not from man. God speaks through man, but we need to differentiate between the word of God and, 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 and that is the words that God breathes into man. And we need to separate that from words of wisdom said by people. There are people out there who are smart. There are people out there that make good decisions. There are people who, who, who their words are good for us to hear. However, they are not our primary source for living and for, and, and, and for guidance. That is God's word. And the reason for this is because man and woman are by nature sinful. They can lead us astray even when they have the best intentions. And I want to, I, I think we need to, for this one, I'm going to go back to Adam and Eve. Um, and when we look at when Adam and Eve were tempted to eat from the tree that they were commanded not to by God, so they had God's word spoken to them by God, and, and, and God said to them, do not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And what happened? They ate it. You're a smart one, man. That was quick. Okay. And the serpent came to them, and, and, and if we were to think through this just a bit, and this is the reason why we, we depend on God's word so much. Because if we were to think through it just a little bit, here's what happens. I, I can sit here and I can understand why Adam and Eve ate from the tree of knowledge and evil when they were told not to. When they used their reason, they ate from the tree because they were told that it would what? Make them be like God. Okay? And they were also told that, that it was good for food and that it surely wouldn't kill you. And here's what happens. They, they, they took in the knowledge that they were given and they made sense of what they were given. But the problem with this is this. When we learn, listen to the wisdom of man and then make our own determinations about whether it's good or not, and we place that our wisdom above God's word, then we become smarter than who God is for us. Do you guys get that? When we depend more on our knowledge, our wisdom, and we place a higher priority on that than God's word, we become smarter than God. And one of the things that we're called to is to trust God's word for us. But see, there's a problem in all this. When we listen to the wisdom of man and determine it makes more sense, 
it makes it really easy for us to walk away from what God's telling us to do. Probably because of our natural sinful state that, that we have. Proverbs 1 7 says this The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. You hear that? The fear of the Lord, that means the, the reverence of the Lord, the trust of the Lord is the place for knowledge for us. This is where we should be going for comfort and direction in all areas of life. This last week, I had a friend call me on the phone, and he said to me this He said, Brandon, uh, he said, I'm in love and I want to marry this girl. And my friend doesn't live in the state, so, so I can share this story, and none of you guys will know who he is. But he called me up and said, Brandon, I want to marry this girl. And, and, and somebody came up to me and told me that, that, that I couldn't marry her because it would be sinful. And I said, oh, why is that? And he said, well, because she's been divorced before. And I said, okay. And he said, what do you think? And, and this is what I said to him. And I, I told you a similar story a couple weeks ago. Here's what I said to him. What does God's word say? Well, that's why I'm calling you. No, my friend, I'm not God's word to you. What does God's word say to you? And I told him, God's word is on your side. You need to read it. Um, because this girl had been divorced, somebody came along and said, oh, you can't marry her. She can't be remarried. And I'm sitting there like, oh, my goodness. And you know, like, one, this is why you don't listen to people. This is why you don't listen to man. And you start to dig into what God's word is telling you. Let's look at it. Let's look up all the verses on divorce and remarriage. Let's look up all the, all the verses on abandonment. Let's look up all the verses on, on what it's like to, 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 to be lonely, to, to burn with lust. Let's look up all the verses, and then let's put, sit down, and let's see what God's Word says to us. And, and the reason, and this is, this is what I think happened. I think he called me because he thought I would give him the words he wanted to hear. And it happened to be that I did, but that doesn't matter. What matters is you, you, you have to trust God's word to lead you in life. And this is just one example, but here's what happens when we start to listen to, to man instead of God's word. We end up being followers, and this is going to sound funny, but it's the truth. We end up becoming followers of Jerry Springer and the Maury Show, and Oprah, and I can list a number of other ones because we, we dial in and we listen to the wisdom of people on television or whatever else, and we place it um, a higher priority on that knowledge than the knowledge we have in God's Word. And it tells us in here that all Scripture is God-breathed. God is the one who breathes life into us. He breathes life into the words of those who pen the Scriptures for us. And it says that the word of God is useful for teaching and rebuking. So let's start there. We teach people things every day. But for a second, let's not. Let, let's, let, let me pay a different picture for you. Imagine that, that, that you have a next-door neighbor because it's easier to, to not be you as the person as I describe this person. But imagine you have a next-door neighbor and, and they have kids. And the, and the, and the husband, he sits around most of the time, and he, he drinks um, Coors Light, um, so he's already, that's horrible in itself, but, but, and he watches football on his couch all day long, and he doesn't hang out with his kids. And the mom, she sits around, and she reads magazines, and she eats bonbons. Yeah, bonbons. I'll explain to you later, buddy. So, and, 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 and these two parents, they don't teach their kids very much. 
They don't teach their kids how to share. They don't teach their kids how to pick up. They don't teach their kids how to interact with other people. They don't teach their kids how to play catch or how to fish. They don't teach them how to cook or how to care for others. What would happen when we run into a parent like this? It, it, it would seriously make us wonder if that parent even cares about the kid, right? Because there's, there's a portion of us that says, when you care about your kids or you care about people, you teach them, right? Let me show you something. Help me out here. When your kid goes outside to play and, and, and they're going to be walking to the park, you would say, hey, before you get to, before you cross the street, I want you to look both ways. Thank you. When you start up the car, you look at your kids and you say what? Man, you guys got good parents. If the stove is hot, and you just got done using it, but it's still hot. You turn and you tell people what? Don't touch it. See, this is what we teach people. We teach them that stuff when we care about them. But then we go even further. These are just life skills. But when we really care about them, we teach them God's word. And this is, this is the same picture that we have of God. When God was with Adam and Eve and they're walking around the garden, and God provides for them everything they need. And then God provides them with words of wisdom. And those words of wisdom that he provides them with, he says what? Do not eat from these trees. They don't do it. But see, there's a breakdown in even the, the questions when I asked you um, uh, about when you... you when your kids cross the street and you guys all filled in, look both ways. We knew that. But see, something happens in this story, in this illustration. See, you go from, from being your age and really good listeners to teenagers. And moms and dads, we laugh because it's when you develop this, this, this mind of your own and you start to think you know everything. And, and, and when you get to the point where you think you know everything, whose wisdom in that moment are you relying on? Your own. And that's what happened with Adam and Eve, and that's what happens with us. We get to the point where we're, and, and, and it's like this because you know what God did not create? God did not create robots. He wants us to choose him. He wants us to choose his word. He wants us to trust him. But see, there's something inside of us that we say, ah, my knowledge is a little bit smarter. And, and there's a reason why this happens this way. And, and this is what I think happens in all of Scripture. I think when God, because it just says in this first part, you know, that, that um, it says all Scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching. If it's God-breathed, that means it's going to become Satan-attacked, okay? If, if God spoke it, he'll attack it. That's how it works. So, for example, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother, and the, and the two shall be, or, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother, and he will be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. In this, his body is no longer his own. In this, her body is no longer her own. They are to become so generous with, generous with their bodies that is not their own. It is for the other person, and they live in existence together, and they worship God together, okay? But see, what happens in this is this. If God speaks, how many different ways right now is marriage attacked? I mean, I, 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 can, I can give you a list of like seven to ten ways. You know, um, I can give you example after example of the way that marriage has been so watered down. I saw a study recently that even talked about like 
Christians probably, Christians shouldn't be teaching on marriage because they get divorced at a higher rate than non-Christians. Now, I don't know if that's true. I didn't do the, the, I didn't read the whole article, you know, but it just made me think, how many different ways has God spoken to us? And then, I mean, and the reason why I, I mentioned marriage is because I think about even like the relationship between two people before they're married, you know, um, the coming together of, 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 of a man and a woman coming together and how in our society, in our culture, that has become so watered down. I mean, when I was in Seattle, I, I had kids in my youth group who would have re- relationships, and I'm saying this as gently as I can, with a different person most weeks. I want you to process that. Because everybody's doing it. Because, because if I don't, no boy's going to like me. Because if I don't, blah, 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 blah. And they have all these reasons. And, and I know it sounds kind of harsh and, and like, man, I remember just saying to a couple of these, these, these young girls, why can't you just trust God's word? Why can't you trust God with the desires of your heart? Don't you think God has a plan for you that's a little bit smarter and a little bit better than yours? So God's word is useful for teaching. We teach our students the word of God. We teach our, our, our children the word of God. We, we, we de- hopefully we're diving into God's word because it instructs us and it guides us. And the best part about God's word is this, is that when we rebel from God's word, it corrects us. It, 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 it speaks to us. It teaches us. I think one of the things I find most sad, and I'm, I'm not dogging anybody, I'm just saying one of the things that I find the most sad is, is that we, as the body of Christ, have forgotten how beautiful it is when the word of God rebukes or corrects or changes somebody. You know, I think we, we kind of believe that, oh man, this person's living in sin, they're always going to be doing this, and... and and we forget that when the word of God speaks into someone's life, it changes them. You know, it's, it's not man's words. Man's words don't have that ability. God's words does. I mean, I remember when I was younger, um, I was brand new to the faith. And I've shared parts of my, my testimony, but I'm going to share a small part today. But, um, but I remember I was brand new to, to, to the faith and I met this guy, and his name is Brian Pearson, and I've talked about him a little bit. He, you know, he's, he's, he was the pastor of the church that, that was like two doors away from my house where I grew up, but, um, and I'll tell you about the first time I met him. Um, the first time I met Pastor Brian Pearson, I just got out of this van. Um, I went away to this like, ret- music retreat thing with, with this, these kids from, it was my sister and her friends, and basically I went to it because I wanted to get away from my mom. And while I was there, this guy walks up to me, he tells me about Jesus, and I was like, man, that is awesome. I'm all in on that, okay? So then we get back in the van, and we head back for home, and, and when we get to the, to the church, we pull out. I remember jumping out of the van, like, I couldn't wait to get away from all these people. So I jump out of this van, and, and I'm going to run home. And as I jump out of the van, this guy walks up to the van and says, I'm, Bri- I'm sorry, he says, I'm Pastor Brian, and I'm new here. And I remember saying to myself, Man, pastor is a weird first name. And, 
And, and I didn't even know what a pastor was. And I thought his name was pastor, first name, Brian, last name. But, but then, you know, it's funny how life works because the next thing I know, my, my dad leaves my family, my mom goes to jail, and this guy named Pastor Brian becomes one of the biggest influences in my life. And I'm hanging around Brian, and I'm around him quite often, and, and, and I'm a little thug wannabe. Um, I hang out with all my gangbanger friends, and, 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 and there's this one guy, you know? And, and when I hang around these people, there's lots of swearing, there's dirty jokes, there's, there's lies, there's all these ways that, that, that we just use our tongue for evil, okay? And, and over here, I see Pastor Brian, and this is a guy, and this might be one of the first, I mean, like, this guy, he never swore, he never told inappropriate jokes, he didn't make fun of anybody, and he, and he honored his wife with his mouth, and he, he, he was so nice to her, and the, and the things that he would say, I mean, and, and I remember being around him one time, and I said, Pastor Brian... How come you don't swear, man? You don't say anything like, like, like me, you know? And, 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 he, and he, you know what he said? He, he opened up God's word, and he starts to show me Bible verses about, about how we use our, our, our mouth for good and not for evil, how it is so powerful. He, he pointed the book of James. Um, he, 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 he gave me these verses about, about his speech and how it makes a difference. And, and he said, and he tells me, it's obviously made a difference because look at you, you notice the things that I say. And, and that's why, and, and, and this is what the scriptures do. The scriptures correct us. They rebuke us, okay? And, and, and I remember his words because they had an impact on me because I noticed how different he was, and that's what scripture does with us. And for me, it was mind-blowing. Um, for me, it was one of those things that it seemed to me... Um, to see somebody speak highly of people all the time. I don't know if I've ever been around someone like that up until that point where their words were constantly good. But see, we're gonna, we're gonna, we'll, keep, we'll, we'll keep going. We'll keep going. So it tells us that, 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 that all Scripture is God-breathed, meaning they're not doesn't come from man. It's useful for teaching and for rebuking and for correcting and and. and, and and for training in righteousness. And then the training in righteousness part comes is, is, is that what, what does it mean to be righteous? Training in righteousness means so that when we do fail, we know where our righteousness comes from and it calls us back to the scriptures, back to who Christ is. Training in righteousness isn't so that I can be perfect. It's, it's, it reminds me, and this is what we're going to talk about next week, and it was this calling us home, so I won't dwell on this, but it's training us in righteousness. It reminds us of the righteousness that we have, not in our own work, but in the work of Christ. And verse 17 says this, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. I want, this is important for us to hear because so often we think that, that, that we, let me just, I'll read to you again, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And notice how it doesn't say, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped to work out his salvation, to work out her salvation. This is not so that we may be, live our best life for God, it's so that we can have good works for our neighbors. Our, the way that we speak can make a difference. The word teaches us, it shapes us, it guides us so we can be um, good parents and, and good husbands and, and good wives. And, 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 and the thing is, we're not those things. So we look to God's word to, to guide us in those ways. So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work, so that we know where to go 
and where to point people. We point people to Christ in his word. With that, let's pray. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you for today. I thank you for your word. I thank you the many times where your word has, has guided me and reminded me of my sinfulness. And Lord, it, 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 it brings me home. Your word corrects me like a father corrects his child. It is a loving father that rebukes his son and daughter. It is a loving mother that, that corrects and steers their child to righteousness. And Lord, you are just as loving in your word to us and your guidance for us that you give to us for life. May you, may you help us to carry these words with us and help us to dig into your word as we go on about our week. And may you remind us always, Lord, that we have forgiveness of sins, that, that, that leading us in righteousness, the, the forgiveness of sins that we get from you, Lord, when we uh, fail to keep your word. So with that, we give thanks. In your name we pray. Amen.